What up, what up? Welcome to the Do-Rags and Stethoscopes podcast. On this week's episode, will a man rob God of tithes and offerings? Well, the pastor in New York found out. We're also going to talk about the Brittany Griner situation, Lake Lanier and what's really in the water, a road rage incident in Texas, and the qualities that I look for in women, and much, much more. You can find the podcast on Spotify. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram for any additional content, news, and updates. And as always, thanks for listening. My vision is the bag in my white coat. Leno got his do-rag and lick, got his stethoscopes. Welcome to do-rags and stethoscopes. Welcome to do-rags and stethoscopes. Wave tsunami when they crash, current strong, it's a rip. If you're not feeling well, I might just have to write a script. Welcome to do-rags and stethoscopes. Welcome to do-rags and stethoscopes. People are going to think that that's business as usual. What's up, what's up? Welcome to Do-Rag and Stethoscopes. As always, I am the Lit MD here with Leno the Wave God. You don't hold him down behind the scenes. What up? Brick and Shock. Go ahead and say what's up to the people. What's up? What up? All right, all right. How y'all feeling? Y'all good? Good weekend? Oh, it's Saturday. just started. Perfect timing. All right, you know, Leno the Wave God, always a family man, as he says. So you hear the kids in the background. <laughs> let's get into it. Our first patient of the day, our first topic that we want to touch on is going to be Brittany Griner and the blockbuster WNBA trade that's going on. As you all know, uh, our lovely Brittany Griner is still locked up abroad off of some ganja, you know, off of some cannabis. But, Brick, if you would please let us know about the new developments we have with this. All right. So according to this newest CNN article, Russian government officials requested that a former colonel from the country's domestic spy agency who was convicted of murder in Germany last year be included in the U.S. proposed swap from a notorious arms dealer, Victor Bout, for Brittany Griner and Paul Whelan. So everybody knows that the administration wanted to swap two Americans for the arms dealer from Russia. And now Russia wants to double down and get a colonel who was convicted of murder last year. So two for two swap now. Okay, well, I have a question. Who did he murder? Was it somebody in America or somebody in Germany? Um, U.S.-German relations, you know, as I recall, it won't be the best. Yeah. Well, I don't think I don't think the U.S. and Russia really at war, war right now. Like we're not lined up sending shots at one another, so I think you catch a body, you catch a murder, it's still a murder. You're going to have to go away and sit down for a little while for that. Well, for my military expertise, we are not at war with Russia. We are avoiding war with Russia because Russia has the connections with China. China is the biggest producer. We are the biggest consumer. So that's why we are not jumping in with Ukraine because Ukraine is not a NATO country. So that's just the military aspect of it. Was it American weed or Russian weed that she was smoking? It wasn't even weed. It was oil. Was it American oil or was it Russian oil? Doesn't matter. Yes, because they need to find a supplier. That's the real issue. Obviously, he was saying some some bad shit. You think you think they don't have weed already in Russia? I do think they have weed already in Russia, but I think that they picked a pretty big target 
to arrest our lovely Brittany. We we in Russia, Russia probably so expensive. It's probably like cocaine over there. I can't imagine finding a good plug in Russia. I couldn't imagine going to like I I could like I see where I see where Brittany Griner is coming from. Like you got to try to get it in there as best as you can have, and you can get it in there. Because who you go who what type of plug are you gonna find in Russia? I know they say white people got the best weed, but I don't think no. <laughs> I don't think no. Haven't seen the sun in eight months. Blonde hair, blue eyed Russian. I'm gonna pull up on the Russian, and he gonna have that gas for me. I'm just not confident in that possibility. I'm just not. I'm not seeing it. I don't see that as happening. All right, so but it was, just it, so but you it know, was flower. It was oil. Just so you know, Russia is the largest country in the world. It has twelve time zones, so. Certain parts are very cold, but also parts are very warm. What does that have to do with what does that have to trash? Do with you you literally just said that it doesn't see the sun for eight months, but you're also talking about a part that has a desert, which is right next to Afghanistan, right next to Iraq, right next to Pakistan. You mean to tell me do those Pakistanis don't have that desert? good stuff? I'm sorry. That's, yes. That's, that's next yes. to you talking about bringing that stuff in from Afghanistan. Yeah, so they Pakistan still share a very similar climate. States. So, you think Virginia and North Siberian Carolina don't strain? get hot together? They're different smoking states. Smoking on that Siberian strain or smoking <laughs> on that Russian desert? Because I'm scared of both of these. I don't have to I don't go through. I don't have to go through customs to go to DC and hit a and hit a pop up, or I don't have to go through customs to go to Vegas and come back with something. Shout out to Nick the Brick in Vegas. But um, yeah, if I go to from Russia to Iraq, it's gonna be an issue. That it's sound like problems. Be, just it no matter what you bring, you got a snow globe. Going into Iraq in general just seems like an issue. Going into Russia in general seems like an issue. It's and two then issues. Do it with some weed. It is an issue. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I only thing that I can say is that they do got good vodka. So I guess you ain't supposed to mix. You know, you don't want to be cross faded. I did want to know how that basketball team she was on ended up doing because they felt like they lost their best player, and I didn't really hear much about the team trying to bail her out. They were just like, "Oh well." What's the, the what is the Phoenix? What is the Phoenix Mercury going to do as far as bailing Brady Griner out when they got a fly commercial to get to their own games? Well, that's why she was playing in Russia because Russia that's, has the billionaires that pay way more. It's so their like contract is so. How much is their WNBA or their Russian WNBA contract? What would, if we had to guess, I need a. How much do you think it is, Leno? Oh, he's lost him. All right, Brick. How much do you think that contract is uh, for Russian WNBA for Hello? one season? Hello. Who? This is pretty uh, content right here. Uh, it's odd because once we started bringing up the Russia topic off air, Shock definitely got a call from a Russian number, and now we've got Leno get a call. You can talk <laughs> about that gas tank. They're going to be like, you said I ain't got that shit. You said I ain't got that fire. All right, so. All right, so this is what we're doing. We're taking a guess. No no data here. We need to guess the WNBA contract. Brick, are you looking it up? I have her Russian contract. Don't, I don't okay, don't tell me. Oh, I do have Hold a on. WNBA contract. All right, Leno, take a guess. All right, so we're playing prices right with the Russia contract. Yeah. With both contracts. We would. Are we? Are we guessing over under here? Or are we guessing? Just give me a total. Showcase. 
So what do you feel about Russian? Total in Russia, she's not making more than a hundred thousand dollars a season. Okay, and not even with the Phoenix Mercury. Probably somewhere around eighty, eighty-five. Okay. Shock. Man, I already looked it up, but shit. Uh, I'm gonna say we're talking about her Russian contract, about a a cool mill. Okay. And then Phoenix Mercury. Jeez. He looked up the Phoenix contract. Right? Oh, yeah, the yeah. I have to go to Phoenix. Right. Let me, let me give my guess. So what they use in Russia? Rubles? They use rubles or something like that? Rubles. Well, it converts to the U.S. dollar. Okay. Well, in U.S. dollars, I think in Russia, I give her six hundred thousand, and then with that Mercury contract, I say two fifty. All right. So just looked it up. Reportedly, her Russian contract is over one million dollars, and her Phoenix Mercury contract is two hundred twenty-one thousand dollars. I was real close on that Phoenix Mercury contract. Okay, I, was, I, didn't think, I didn't even think she was going to break two hundred, you know, hundred thousand. What'd you say? Eighty-eight. I said like, I said like eighty ten, eighty-five k. Like a resident. Exactly. Like dang. I'm not. I'm not gonna hold you. I heard the women don't get paid nothing. Like, I did too. They were nothing. They make it better than I thought. Wait, what's all this complaining about? One point two million a year. Soccer makes way less. Soccer So she made over a million dollars in Russia. So and she got a million in court fees. Or is there? Who's her attorney? Where is Johnny Cochran at? He's probably so, probably Russian. So Some he, Russian he, dude. The fix is in. Yeah, the fix is in. Yeah, all right. She plugged out. Well, all right. Once again, you know, I really hope that she does get home. I, my personal stance on it is that we should not really trade a terrorist for a basketball player. I hope Sweet Britney gets home. Don't take this out of context. But if it's somebody that has, you know, the ability to harm our nation, harm our people, or somebody can get hurt as a result of it, I'd have to do that bid. But we'll see how it yeah, goes. Nah. Brick said it yesterday. It's, it's whack that just like with stuff that happens over here, you've got these, you know, laws that don't they have any sort of sense to them or any rhyme or reason to them. And because of who you are and your status, uh, you know, a country uh, a government wants to kind of take advantage and either use you as an example or try to use you from for some sort of ulterior motive. And she kind of just stuck in between right now, particularly between with a country that we don't have the greatest of relations with going back not even that long, you know, 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, She's just in a bad spot. And like Nick said it, Nick said it the other day, like it's a really bad spot if you um talking about trading a terrorist for a basketball player in any situation. Now, do we want her to come home? Absolutely. Should she be over there? No. Is he being wrongfully detained? Yes. But straight up swap for uh, arms, two arms dealers, two terrorists that's not gonna be a good look yeah yeah that's a tough ask i was gonna ask speaking of uh putting pressure on people just something that i wanted to talk about with the trade there's a whole nother topic that we got to move on so we've moved on from there so let's see our next patient before we move on i just want to ask all of y'all one question real quick do y'all mm-hmm. think that if it was lebron over there do y'all think that one, the United States would be more eager to try to work out a deal, or two, do you even think LeBron would be back already? Without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, the double standard definitely exists. 
I'm not going to say I'm happy about that fact, but of course. I mean, although he's a billionaire, so there's money to be made with that. I was... I disagree from the I disagree from the aspect of I don't know how much money it would take or how much money from a person of LeBron's stature, even though he may have that as at his disposal and he may network with other people that have just as much as not more than him at their disposal. I don't know how much you know money that they would be able to shovel at a country like Russia, for instance. Um, LeBron is probably got to be somebody else to get them out of there. Billionaire. So well, that's I mean, and that's capital. what I'm saying. Like, yeah, he's he's got his own. He's got enough. He's got enough money to throw. What you would think would be enough money to throw at Russia, but is that you know a country like Russia really? You think there's going to be a price tag for somebody, especially with the stature of LeBron James? You want to talk about executing a sign and trade for with a WNBA player? Imagine LeBron in there, all the all the bodies that Russia will Russia will want to free with LeBron James behind bars over there. And it's a whole. I feel like the thing we're missing about all of this is a whole other country. So just because we raise and pump our fists over here, what what we do over here has no effect on what they're doing over there. I mean, I'm not going to talk about people's character, but they just gave us Leangelo Ball back. It was like you can have. That was a different so. country. Uh, was that, was, <laughs> that was China, wasn't it? My bad. That was China. That was China. That was China. Because they knew he won't go sell any shoes for them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. (laughs) Oh, Lord. You're not wrong. Now let's move on. All right. All right. So moving on, we got to talk about Pastor Big Flex up in Brooklyn and the case of the Brooklyn 999. So, Brick, if you could please lead us into this story. I mean, this is something that was developing over the week. I don't mean to laugh at it because it involves armed robbery, but please fill the people in. All right, so everybody's seen the video. The pastor was robbed. It started out as $400,000 when he moved to a well, million. Well, what's his name? Okay, so moving into this article from the New York Post. Um, this is very interesting. Uh, Bishop Lamar Whitehead is known as his flaunt, who is known for flaunting his Gucci suits, diamond encrusted chains, and stable luxury vehicles. Yeah, so that is him. Let's go into his article. The flashy Brooklyn pastor who was robbed for more than $1 million in jewelry during a live stream church service, was accused of stealing $90,000 from congregants in a lawsuit filed last year. So this story just took a twist. A million dollars worth of jewelry has been stolen, and now he is being accused of stealing $90,000. But this article also goes on to say that he has an alleged history of grifting and even served time for identity theft and grand larceny. I know people change, but... So the question is, who done it? Y'all think it was somebody in the pulpit? Y'all think it was somebody in the congregation? Was it the choir director? Was it somebody not related to the church? Who did it? I mean, if you if you live if you live recording for a church service and they show that the church service is empty and you just up there flooding, you got a million dollars worth of whatever on you. Sound like a lick to me. Sound like you asking for a setup. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can we get to the real point? Why does a pastor have a million dollars worth of jewelry? Once again, y'all still harping on this because we were talking about it off air. But like I said, I mean, you know, I grew up in a church home, but you got pastors that have private jets. So I don't look at the million dollars worth of jewelry as a problem. I look at the ability to flex and flaunt when you have pending litigation about stealing from your own congregation as a problem. Also, 
we gonna post this video uh, link up here. But did y'all see my man that didn't move? That would have been me. That man was stone cold still watching this all unfold. Come on now. I mean, he he knows after a certain point, he you know what's going on. They're not there for you in your Jason Petty <laughs> suit. They there for the Gucci suit. Diamond and Preston chain. They don't care nothing about your Michael Straight hand suit. They want that that Gucci suit with the Cam Newton and that hat. gold that's around it. Yeah, they don't. They're not worried about you, bro. You you good. That's no wonder he can sit there and be comfortable. They are not worried about him at that time. He is not of anybody's concern. What he was gonna get up and de-arm somebody? No. And they not like I said. They're not worried about that Van Houston suit. They gonna go ahead and came what they came in there to get and so get then, out of there. All right, I got a question for y'all then. Do it make you feel bad if they don't even think about robbing you because you're so broke? They walk in and say, sit your broke ass down. We ain't here for you. No, because you got to celebrate victories however you can get them. It could be one thing one day, and it can be something else another day. You telling me <laughs> you telling me I'm broke? You know, you the struggle that comes with being broke, and you telling me being broke might have saved me today? You know what? Oh, uh. A, a stupid person might say, you know what, maybe I should get by being broke just a little while longer if that's the type of luck I'm going to have. All right. I mean, I feel you. So being broke can be a safety valve sometimes. Like, I mean, I'm not advocating for brokenness over here, but. But it's a safe way to live. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> you got your off hook this time, Playboy, so you just be thankful. Oh, Lord. He was in so church. So you think they What's that gospel song? It could have been me. It should have been me. Nah, he, yeah. He, he was Never all right. Been him. No. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah, well, you know, I, obviously I I don't support crime, so I hope they find him. Uh, you know, maybe I'll return his jewels. But what kind of change did he have? I, one, I respectfully disagree with your stance on crime and not committing it. I'm not influencing anybody, but I just don't agree with your stance. Um, second, what, what was your question? I, Wait, I, I, what? I just, what do you mean? So you you do root for crime? No, I don't. I don't root for it. But in certain situations, in certain avenues, um, for certain reasons, I could look the other way, for lack of better words. You you bring up a good point. Is there such a thing as good crime? Uh, I mean, if you run in a red light and you laid the work, as long as ain't nobody see it, you ain't committed crime to me. So that's What's a great area. Well, I think, okay, so I'll say violent crime is a big no, of course. Like molestation, assault, all that stuff is out the window. For me personally, as a physician, I definitely cannot stand like insurance fraud as well. Dealing with that, insurance companies are robbing us in general, but that's a whole other segment I could go off on. But like, Insurance fraud, fraudulent activity. Like, I tell y'all, I've had patients that come to me saying, Doc, I need a note to be out of work for three and a half weeks. And I'll say, For what? A cough. What type of, what type of cough is that? Like, I don't, I just don't get that type of stuff. And, like, you know, they don't consider that stuff fraudulent. But when I have to write a letter and put my, you know, medical license number on it to then say that you ain't got to go to work for three and a half weeks. And then they come to me with something called an MTALA. I'm tell not MTALA. I'm sorry, FMLA, Family Medical Leave Act, where they're trying to get even more money just to stay at home because of this call. That's a whole other thing. But I ain't gonna go off on that. What type of crime is okay, Leno? That's what I want to know. 
Well, I'm, I'm glad you asked that because, as a matter of fact, we could transition right now into what's got me seasick today. And to be perfectly honest with you, what's got me seasick today, man? So there was this, y'all seen the video. There is this woman in Texas. It looks to me, it appears to me, that it is some type of road rage incident. Long story short, the lady gets out of the passenger side vehicle. And as whatever car, whatever vehicle they were getting into the incident with, she unloads one, maybe what, two shots? It was two shots? That's off two rounds. That's off two rounds into the vehicle as they're driving off. And then her and what is her, I would assume, husband, significant other, the man that she was with, they got into the car and they drove away. Now, ignoring all... You know, because there there are multiple reasons why, you know, somebody could be shooting at somebody in broad daylight in uh, Houston, Texas suburb. A million different reasons. But mm-hmm. I will say that that is definitely the type of violence that I am going to encourage, especially if I'm the man in that situation and that's my significant other. Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm, in, I'm influencing. I'm OK with that type of physical violence. 24-7 all the time. Can I ask you can I ask you a question? Sure. Did you question. see the part that there was a child in the vehicle she was shooting at? Well, should have been talking shit. The child should have ducked. <laughs> <laughs> so child, child. child, child should have ducked. Like you should have first of all. You can't put you can't be you can't put your child in situations, in row race situations or in any situation where you got a child present. Like I'm not there are certain situations that I'm going to avoid. Y'all know I'm the family, man. Y'all hear, y'all hear bug in the background. Uh, in certain situations, in certain things that I'm going to avoid off-rip just because of the possibility that I might put him in some danger. We go to the park. We don't go play basketball. At, at places like Rockwood, we don't go play basketball. We just go get on the slide. We might get on the swings. We go home. Because if, if I go hoop, you get a little competitive. You know what I mean? I might... You know, I might embarrass somebody out there. Somebody might embarrass me. Might dump on somebody in a, in might, a college gym, and then they I'm end up going gonna, through a doorway. I'm not going to mention that. Do it again. I, I'm not. Ooh, we got to remember that game. That was heated. Come on, come on, man. I I I, I want to be here for my son, man. I want to let me. I want to be here. But yeah, that's it. That's. That's the type of violence. That's the type of violence that I encourage, that I'd like to see. That's like, that's women that are shoot at somebody for me in traffic is like top five, my type of woman. Like a woman that will send my hamburger. What if she hits a bystander? You shouldn't have been standing by while she was (laughs) shot. What do you mean? If somebody is, I, I never understood. I, I never understood bystand, innocent bystand. It's like, why are you in, innocently standing by when the action is going down? When it's drama time, why are you just standing by? You better move. You better duck. You better move. I've seen it multiple times. Mm-hmm. Rockets are flying through the air. You'd be surprised. It's well, like that's a rocket. I mean, okay, we're but talking bullets, about a pistol in Houston, not a rocket okay. in Iraq. When you hear a boom, people freeze. People want to get nosy. They don't know what to do. Their legs don't work. It is a very weird situation. Seeing it in control. 
So it is. I, I agree. Understand. It's a natural reaction. I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you and I'm not saying that I don't understand, but I'm saying what you should do in that situation. You gotta practice it. So you saying practice also, it like just walk outside, shoot one, see, make sure everybody run. Like, see, that's what we were practicing here. Gun violence, run. I mean, wait a minute. See, now that now we you now that's you, what you sound like. But you're gonna make me branch off into a whole can of worms though, because if I walk outside my door right now in Petersburg, Virginia, and I let a shot off, people are gonna think that that's business as usual. <laughs> <laughs> they are not. They're not going to care that I've in one shot. They're not. Nobody's. Gonna, nobody's gonna even flinch. Nobody's, nobody's gonna care if I go out my front door right now. Bah! I mean. That's all. all right. Yeah, the location, fair. the neighborhood you're in. That's that's fair. That's fair. Doesn't matter. But I, fair. I said all I said all that to say that that woman from that Texas shooter, she is in my in my top five category of just women that I hope have or hope are having wonderful days every morning when I wake up in the morning. There's her. There's the woman from the Philadelphia Sixers game. Y'all remember when they was when they was playing freeway over the speaker in the, at the Sixers game. And Shorty at the end had the Philly jacket on and was rapping the whole Joe bar for bar and threw the hood up when they was talking about Rob. When they was talking about Rob me a person. She meant that with her whole soul. Every day I wake up in the morning and I think to myself, I hope that woman is having a wonderful <laughs> lady, whoever you are, with that Eagles hoodie on at that Sixers game, whoever you are, if ever you get the chance to see this, I just want you to know I hope you are having a wonderful day. I hope you ate today. I hope somebody is out there taking care of you today. <laughs> this is right. love language over here. <laughs> I'm, I'm a thousand percent. Talking to the people. You gonna you gonna you gonna let off of me in traffic. You gonna you gonna rap freeway at the six. First of all, you gonna want to go to a Sixers game, but then you gonna get into it at the Sixers game like that. Yeah, I love you. I'm not it's even right or die right there. He and literally. No, Talking about a ride or die. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, death may be here coming, but all right. So that's C6 is Leno the Wave guy. We're going to move on. All right, y'all. Moving on to our next clinical case in the office of Durags and Stethoscopes. We are going to talk about something. You know, it's the summertime, so everybody likes to get out in the water in the summer. Everybody likes to move around, whether it's a beach or a lake. Uh, I'm a resident in Georgia, and we do have an area called Lake Lanier. I'm not sure who knows about it, but we're going to talk about the Lake Lanier, about Lake Lanier and the plight of 1913. So some people know it, some people don't, especially around Atlanta, they do. Underneath Lake Lanier is actually a town called Oscarville. And Oscarville was a small black town in this part of northwest Georgia in the early 1900s. And one of the things that I really want to talk about is it's not only Oscarville. There's other places like Greenwood, Oklahoma, which was where the Tulsa massacre occurred and other parts of our nation where we have what I call buried history. So I'm just trying to see, you know, talk to the people. We got a bunch of young black men here. How do you feel about buried history? You know, I'm not going to even harp on who buried it. I think we all know that part. But I want to talk about how you feel about it still being buried to this day. And it seems like this stuff never makes it to our textbooks. What's up with that? It's only because it's us. It's us that's the history that's being buried. Mm-hmm. I'm not going. I'm not going to lie to you. I like. I'm. I'm. I'm a history guy in in all facets. I like history and sports. I like history in general. I just like. I just like history. I hate when they blow up old stadiums instead of turning them into museums and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Anything. 
anything of historical value, I don't, I, I'm never going to be a fan of tearing it down, covering it up, ripping it away. Even it, even it, um, even when it comes to stuff like, even when it comes to stuff like, you know, the Confederate statues and stuff like that, that was really a big deal, especially up here for a while. I think all of that has a place. You know, you can't really get rid of it because it was all a part of what made each of us in this country, each of us, you know, in this society as a whole, it was it's what made us who we were. So you, it, and it happened. So regardless, you can't erase it. It's not like you could just, you know, flash the, you know, flash the light like men in black and everybody's going to forget about it. It happened. It happened. And, you know, regardless, we can't go back and change it. So we either got to learn from it. You know I me mean? had those uncomfortable conversations so we can move forward from it as opposed to trying to act like it didn't exist. Cause then that's when you're that's when you're stuck doing the same stuff out. Mm-hmm. Y'all familiar with the term those who do not know history are doomed to repeat it? Yes, sir. I agree. We can't bury those things. And you know, we got a soldier on the pod. What you thinking about, Brick? So from my aspect, certain things just need to be buried. I'm not saying people, but the statues were built in the Jim Crow era post-slavery as a almost like a relic to show that we're still in power, we're still in charge. So I have no problem with those getting ripped down. I have no problem with those getting destroyed, vandalized, whatever. I mean, Columbus, Ohio had the statue of Christopher Columbus and they dumped it in the river. I have no problem with that. Certain history, I mean, can be destroyed. I mean, I lived in a city for five years, Vegas, where they don't have history. They literally destroy all their history. A new casino's got to come up. So I understand where they're coming from in that aspect. But also mm-hmm. talking about when it comes to people and their heritage and everything like that, yes, it happens to black people where they destroy it. I hate that. I mean, Native Americans, they literally were put on reservation. So they had it bad, too. So that type of history, I don't agree with. You have to bury that and everything. But when it comes to, like, structural things, who cares? Like, people had gotten to a big whoops uh, about when they changed the staples staple center just because they changed the name people get butthurt over everything so structural stuff whatever but when it comes to people we're talking about people like you can't just bury people's heritage and who they are so i understand like the structural i don't care about that blow up high stadium but you better make up a 10 times better i had to throw that out there because you know that's Jalen that just changed their name to whoever to what i don't care but if you want to blow up a stadium, get rid of it. Bring something bigger and better. Nobody cares about the old stuff. But when it comes to people, that's a different story. So that's just me. All right. All right. Shock, what you thinking, man? Man. So it depends, man. Like, statues, what they represent is, is supposed to be greatness. It's supposed to be a figure supposed to look up to. So mm-hmm. it's for, like, the Confederate fucking statues those need to go down man like in my in my opinion like there's that's not deleting history by taking down those statues like you can still study and learn from the history of those things that happen regardless of the statue being there like imagine if germany still have fucking statues of hitler up like yeah that's true that's a good point you can still we're still learning about that stuff like even without the statues right but like to Myself as a black man, us being black people in general, seeing that shit, that, what was it, Monument Circle in Richmond? Is mm-hmm. that what it's called? Yeah, like, yeah. seeing that dropping past that, like, nah, that ain't for me. Uh-uh. Get that shit out of here. I agree, man. I see 
Like, I see false idols. I see those things being claimed. But what I this is what makes me think, then looking at all of us coming together and just what we're able to do and put together is that, you know, we just have so much resilience no matter what they do. They literally buried this town. They drowned it, right? They forced everybody out that they could. So let's not even – or actually, we can talk about it because this is our podcast. We're going to talk about what they did before. Prior to the town being flooded, when they actually built the um, the reservoir to then flood the town, they lynched as many people as they could to then drive the rest out overnight, right? And this still occurred. This is in Forsyth County, Georgia, one of the most racist counties in all of Georgia, one of the most racist counties in the south southeastern United States, okay? This was a known fact that this was done, and then it was – in my opinion, it was excused. Accountability seemed to not exist back then, unless you were black, right? But you would try, you know, without a fair trial. Anyway, you're going to be tried and hung on the same day. So we oh, have shoot. bodies that are yeah. buried. And then you talk about the hauntings and the things that go on now. I feel like the ancestors are upset. But go ahead, Leno. What's up? Talk to him. I mean, I mean, back then, back then was uh, lynching won't nothing but a suicide in some cases. But if it was even going to be charged, you know, it looked at as that. Mhm. Yeah, like I mean, they brought it upon themselves. So what do you, so what do you think as far as like the timeline between the building of the dam and getting everybody out of there? What do you think as far as the occurrences like that we have every summer? You think that's just you think you a spiritual? I know you're a spiritual man, a man of faith like that. But you think it's you know spirit like energy involved with the lake that just kind of is just gonna roll over and roll over until what? So. I appreciate you for asking that, man. I think I definitely believe in energy. You know, I'm religious and I believe in spiritual energy because I'll say that some of the stuff that I've seen like at work, you know, when we got patients that are in critical condition in the ICU where we run out and we exhaust all our medical options, I've seen people still come back from death door. Like I've seen people that were at the end of the days and then the family, you know, they want to brag to me like, see, you said they won't go make it. I'm like, I'm happy. You know, I'm happy for them. But that's that spiritual energy that then has to be transferred, right? So when you do something, that is as corrupt and as evil as burying an entire society, a group of people, right? Drowning them under there. It'll it'll come back. I'm not going to sit here and I justify the drownings that occurred, that I justify the boats that burn, all this stuff. Because there are plenty of people, like, Lake Lanier is visited by, I think, like, over 7 million people a year or something. It gets a very, you know, a lot of people come there and make it out. But then you look at the odysseys and the occurrences that do take place, and the question is, why did that happen? How did that person drown? How did this occur? And I feel like the ancestors ain't happy, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, evil, evil is a strong force, but, but faith and strength is just as strong and can combat that. And I think that's why, once again, I say, like, as, as black individuals, we stand here resilient through all these times, through all this oppression. I mean, uh, Brick brought up something to me off air the other day that I didn't even think about. America as a nation has spent more time with slavery than it has without slavery. If you look at from when you know, the Constitution was signed and the U.S. first became a country to when the Emancipation Proclamation followed by Juneteenth then occurred, there were more years spent with us as enslaved Africans than with us as not enslaved Africans. So just looking at that simple fact in and of itself lets you know that we are resilient and we're built to persevere through these things. But at the same time, those those things that occur to us, those wrongdoings, they come back, you know, tenfold sometimes. And in that situation, like, you know, I harped on the the statue piece, so I feel like those those statues need to come down. 
but like in this situation where where that's fucked up but we all know that now i feel like i feel like the right thing to do is they need to fucking drain that thing right and, and bring back that uh essentially recognize the wrongdoing that happened mm-hmm. and occurred there and that definitely needs to be highlighted just like there uh just like black wall street you know all that stuff needs to be uh brought to light so the issue with that lake lanier is now part of the economy the ecosystem water system is that water yeah i know so <laughs> i understand Fish, but the, think the about economy it. yeah it literally brings money you got to think about how much money are they bringing in now because people are not looking at what happened 100 100 plus years ago they're looking at right now that store that business they are booming. Somebody has a boat rental out there. Somebody has like jet ski rentals out there. They are making money. And guess who's taxing them? One of the highest tax states in the country, Georgia. Georgia is not going to let that fall because they are making that money right now. Well, so I understand, but let me let me do they got at least a plaque there or something? Like they I gotta to put say, something. <laughs> memorializing right. also hey. reparations. Beyond beyond memorializing, because you know, people don't even want to touch on the topic of reparations, but I feel like there should be some compensation to the descendants of those family members if they're able to be located. Because I feel like a lot of those people are still in Georgia. Y'all know there was that great mass exodus to the north. That's why we have large populations of black people in Milwaukee and Chicago and Detroit and all that. But if we can locate those families, they definitely would deserve some compensation. In my opinion, I can't say what the monetary value is. I can't say if it's a piece of property with it. But the same way you're talking about the taxing and people on the boat, there should be a tax, in my opinion, that's paid to those families. What I was gonna, you brought up, Co, Co, you brought up reparations, and that was something I wanted to touch on. And Nick, I wanted to ask you a question. Uh, what would you, with that in, in mind, reparations? What would you think? And maybe not, like I said, reparations is always such a, it's such a word that people don't really want to touch. But what mm-hmm. do you think would be a good way to? sort of relieve some of even on the even if you leave out the spiritual side just this just what would you think would be the best route to go to kind of relieve some of those that were misplaced tracing back the way back then as far as the lake is concerned you said repeat your question again so nick brought up um nick brought up the economy and how, mm-hmm. you know, the money that's being made in Georgia not wanting to come up off of that, which is all a good point, and I completely agree with him. But as far as the the people that were misplaced from that area, what do you think could be done or should be done at, to be able to basically repay those that were misplaced from that area? So one thing I'll say is if you actually look at some of the videos from the divers, I mean, the town is still completely intact. Like there are full buildings with, you know, tables and chairs in them underneath the water. So I think, you know, first thing you got to do is access the documents to know who was there. But unfortunately, in that time, there wasn't a whole lot of documentation for, you know, black people or, you know, what they called Negroes back then. Um, But if they're able to be located, I think it doesn't have to come in the form of even if it's like a check. But there has to be some value where you can say, you know, like you are now a landowner, you have this property. And if it's unsellable property where it belongs to them, then there should be like a rent or something paid to the tenant. Right. So say you own a a boating company or jet ski company like Brick was talking about on the water. There is then a land tax. They tax everything else. Right. State taxes, everything else. They're federal. 
but there is a land tax that can then be paid to those individuals that can go either into a college fund or either into some reparation form for education. And, you know, some of these people that escaped, I, I don't know them, but they might have even been been successful after they left. But the ones that didn't that remain in these like desolate areas or these hard times have been struggling for hundreds of years. I feel like there should be a way to then pay them back. Um, I can't you know, I, I don't have all the answers, so I can't say like it has to come through money, like I said, but something of value that can then grow and become even more valuable. I will say a big problem with that. I mean, I'd lived in North Dakota, so I was around the Indian Reservation, Native American Reservation. The big problem is nobody nobody ever <laughs> going to be happy. If I, if like between the four of us, they say, hey, we're going to get reparations because our families were right there. We're going to give you $500,000. For Leno, $500,000, he'd be like, I'm good. But Lid and D, you might, no, I want a million. And uh, Shaka might be like, no, I want two million. So we're literally going to get to that. And it never makes people happy because somebody's always going to be like, bam, bam, bam. And you're also talking about the country that we live in. We're, we we go and destroy places. We'll try to help out. And then we just go. Because that's why we have a military base in Japan. That's why we got a military base in Korea. That's why we got military bases in Germany. We'll try to help you out. You don't want to guess what? We stand here anyway, and we'll give you a little bit of something. So they're never going to come to that happy medium. Hey, we're just going to give you this. We're not going to give you a college fund. No, it's going to be one cut deal like we always try to do and call it a day. I mean, that's better than nothing. Now, not everybody thinks that way. Yeah, there'll be people that want more. But my thing is, like, there has to be something. Something yeah. is always better than nothing to me. So that's how I would say it. But, um... Something else that I wanted to make sure that we touch on while, you know, we got everybody on the on the pod is if we're talking, if we're looking at, you know, what's going on amongst all of us in our nation, in our country as black men, you know, we got fathers and family men on the on the pod. And what are you going to teach your generation? Like, what do you want your children to know if you can talk because y'all, you know, y'all have young kids where they can't really hold on this now. But if there's some information you can give them right now. If you want them to look back 20 years from now and hold on to, what would you say to them? Enjoy your youth. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, do not do not be in a rush to grow up. Because I promise you, it's, it is not what you it's not what you think it is. It's not. Maybe I won't say that as much, but there's a lot more that comes with the responsibility that comes with just being an adult in general compared to the. I don't want to say carelessness, but the the lack of just the lack of responsibility, the, the weight of the stress of having responsibilities on your shoulders in general. Once you hit that adult stage, where however old the young man may be, that weight and that stress of holding that, you know, having to carry that and you carry that to the day you die, that is something that's not existing as a kid. And then, truth be told, most. Most, maybe all, but I'll definitely say most kids don't realize that until they're all right, until they're, you know, adults or they're out on their own, they don't realize, man, I really, the lack of responsibility that I have from here to here while still being able to function and think for myself is something that you'll truly miss. Mm-hmm. Okay. Brick? I'll say biggest piece of advice is always work your hardest, make it a habit. Because 
I mean, everybody knows we all play sports. There's that guy that was on the football field and he was absolutely trash. And he busted his tail at everything he did. He might not have been good at football, but look at him now. He's probably like a lawyer, probably a doctor. He's probably somebody doing that. So Hey, like, what you trying to say? <laughs> I don't see Zach a doctor. <laughs> Uh, Sir Captain Morgan, I did not sign off on this comment, but uh, hey, hey, no, nah, hold up. I feel like that's an invite. I feel like he needs to come defend himself one episode. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We'll, have, <laughs> we'll have our boys that come on the podcast and touch that comment. Oh, y'all know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. you make hard work a habit, everybody's seeing it. Like, there's that person that you're going to get through life and things are just going to essentially become easier because you're so used to hard work. Like, What's hard for you? What's hard for them is like, oh, it's just a normal day. So always work your hardest. That's the one thing I always got to put out there. For sure, man. Hey, speak to the youth. All right, like I appreciate y'all doing that and taking that time to speak to the youth. Something else that we want to make sure that we talk about, right? So we're gonna transition it in. But one thing I want to talk about, another thing, is the medical minute with the LitMD. Um, a lot of people talk about mental health. Um, I just was coming off of my neurology service, so I was seeing a lot with uh, with brain health. One of the things that I learned, um, you got to have a good diet, right? You got to have a healthy diet. And so many times we think we're doing well, but we're not. You know, like you try to avoid, there's obvious things. You avoid fried food as best you can, fatty food, lower the carbohydrate intake. But you got to make sure you understand what carbohydrates actually are and what they do, right? So carbohydrates <laughs> are sugars. That's going to be a part of our diet. So when you look at, like, the nutrition facts on something and it talks about the sugar content and the carbohydrate content, you might as well add them together. Count them both as your sugars. The reason why I'm bringing this up is because so we, we think we're doing the right thing, but what I tell my patients is that you've got to avoid the whites, right? And I ain't talking about Lake Lanier this time. White bread, white rice, white flour, all those type of things. Because those simple sugars, when they break down, those complexes need to be broken down immediately. Like, I'm not sure if any of y'all have ever seen, um, like, the diets or the food that is provided on, like, a marathon, but it's simple sugars. Donuts, candy, quick stuff that they can get in and process. But when we have, you know, slothliness and we're not actually moving around active, we're not burning that off. So where does brain health come into this? All of our, our neurons, you know, in our brain, everybody knows, like, neurons basically connected. They're at the end. No, synapses, we, no, we don't because we're not all doctors. Yeah. Well, thank you for telling me that. So let's scale it back, right? <laughs> Basically, we have connections in our brain. Axons are these long strands with neurons on them, and they're connected, and they communicate via synapses. But the way that they move is something called saltatory conduction. Saltatory conduction is not the topic I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is these axons are actually lined with fat. That's our myelin sheath, okay? So the myelin sheath is all going to come from nutrition and within our diet, but we got to make sure it's good fat because we don't want to have deposition disease. Because our body, what it doesn't use, it'll store, and it'll try to utilize that. So if you can actually have a good diet and a balanced diet, you can build up that good fat around those axons and neurons and then improve your brain health. It helps with mental health. It helps with stability. also can protect, protect you because there are other events that happen, things like strokes and all that, that we can get into. But I'm going to touch on that later. So as a part of your mental health, diet is big into that. There's a whole theory. There's a whole field where they talk about gut health as well, where there's we have a nervous system in our brain and we have a nervous system in our gut. But what I want to tell y'all as a people is that if we can manage our diet appropriately, and the first thing to do before you go on the fad diets, Atkins, keto, you know, whole 30, all these different things 
is to just cut out the stuff that's easy. You know what I'm saying? I tell patients all the time when you go to the grocery store, I tell them, well, especially when we're starting to diet, stay on the outside. If you stay on the outside of the grocery store, you're going to see the produce, you're going to see milk, you're going to see meats, you know, those type of things, fresh juices, all of that. But the moment you go in them inner aisles, that's tempting. That's where we got the cookies and chips and all that, right? So that's my topic on brain health. Speaking of brain health, did y'all hear what happened in Hong Kong with uh, with that young group called uh, Mirror? I, I hope I hope the boy is all right, but his brain health is definitely in question. So basically, there was a concert. Um, how many people in this boy band? Y'all, y'all think it's like 12, 15? How many? Well, in the article, uh, mm-hmm. it doesn't say, but it says more than a dozen performers were on the stage at the time. Okay, well, out of those dozen, one of them was very unlucky in that dozen. So this gentleman <laughs> got into a fight with a jumbotron and lost. I I hope he's okay. But please, y'all, tell me how y'all feel about this. How would you react, you know, if you wake up in a coma and they tell you what happened, you got hit by a TV? <laughs> Where y'all at? That's got to be so embarrassing. Like, you over there, you, you, you <laughs> popping and locking. You you popping and locking for the hose and the TV fall on you? Like, you can't, it's no coming back from that. How you gonna pull a shorty, how you gonna pull a shorty as one of the dancers and the boy, yeah, you probably having a hard enough time as it is pulling the shorties as the dancer, the backup dancer in the boy band. So you already, you already taking the L as the backup dancer in the boy band and the TV fall on you? Now you just embarrassed out here with no hose. That's not, that's not gonna be, that's not a good look, that's not a good thing to come back from. So, well, Leno, let me ask you this. Do you want the rider that'll shoot that TV if it fall on you? I want the rider that'll be under that jump to pick it up, to catch that jump while I'm, <laughs> while I'm under there. That's what I want. Shawty had a foresight, because that's another thing, too. You got to have foresight, Shawty. One of us got to be looking ahead in the future while one of us is here in the present. You got to say you got to have the foresight to see the wise breaking because is she in the crowd too? Or she backstage? So she got a prime angle of that of those cables. You see that cable fall? You got to come out there and catch that joint like you catch it a power clean and front squat that thing on up and get me get me out of there. We're gonna have to look it up. Uh, Shock, if you don't mind, can you possibly find the average weight of those type of TVs for us while we? Continue. I hope that boy is okay because it looked like he got split in half. My goodness. I wonder how they. I do wonder how they got it off of it. Like you said, imagine. I couldn't imagine a, a 50, 60 inch TV falling flush on me and splitting me. Look like straight down the middle of just splitting me in two halves, straight down the middle. I can't imagine the jumbotron that the whole arena is supposed to be able to see. One that it would be light, and two that you just gonna get up and walk away after that. I can't imagine. Well, you want your girl to come underneath this screen and catch it. Yeah, somebody got to take that L. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, but isn't a real thing, though, like, like, isn't a real thing, though, like, (laughs) (laughs) You got a tennis match going on. (laughs) You're like an adrenaline rush, right? Don't need to apologize. We love tennis on this podcast. Look at him, family man. (laughs) He ain't got a shirt on. Hey, that's because he swallowed my shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my shirt off. Say what's, say what's up, bro. Uh, he wanted to be shy for us. It's all good. Like I said, we embrace all that. Um, so it looks like a, it weighs 2.2 mm-hmm. million pounds. That is false. 
That is not true. Can the TV weighs two million pounds. Right, I'm calling in a second. No. Okay. Let me find another one. Like a thousand times. I'm no, not even okay. This one says, all right. So the Dallas Cowboys jumbotron, that big ass one that goes no. across. The- that's way bigger than what fell on this kid. All right. Go ahead. So that we'll is, do we'll, we'll we'll do like a fourth of what this one weighs. So Dallas Cowboys is a hundred seventy thousand pounds approximately, and you would say what? Maybe a fifth of that. A tenth. Go ahead, do a tenth. Well, well I guess you just take away a zero. Then that's going to be what ten thousand seven hundred pounds, which is five tons. It's still plenty heavy enough to get you in. Yeah. Thirty love. So yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. there's no way that dude is alive. Seventeen thousand man. He's nah, still alive. Oh, he is. Yeah, he's alive. Let's also not be insensitive, because there was another gentleman that got hit by the TV. But for him, he got hit after he saw his homeboy got hit, but it just fell on him. And somebody picked it off. The other man was. Oh my God. They, well, how could the second guy go, not Nick. see it though? Like. Yeah, Nick, you was talking about earlier. People's stuff happens. You hear a loud bang, and people's legs don't move, and they freeze. Like, no, you're just an idiot at that point. Like, why are you standing by watching this TV fall? What happened? Move out the way. He literally saw his friend just get smashed in half. He froze. He didn't think that it's falling. Yeah, I can't. You're in the middle of a dance set, and you about to hit that slide, and then the dude next to you just half of them there. Like, so that. So let me get this straight. After seeing the TV fall from the ceiling and fall on top of one person, he still didn't see the TV falling on himself. Yeah, he had a 50-50 chance that it was going to go forward or backwards. And he had a 0% chance because he was not moving. Because yeah, guess what? It went the other way. Odds aren't always in your favor. That's why I always put it on black. Just saying. Alright, well, that was <laughs> Maybe a lack of situational awareness, but if we still going to discuss situational awareness, one thing we got to talk about, we got to touch on our next patient, who's going to be Kyler Murray and his contract. So please, Brick, fill us in on what's going on with Kyler in the film room. All right. So everybody knows Kyler Murray just had this amazing contract. And according to the NFL article, the Arizona Cardinals have called an audible on the controversial study addendum in quarterback Kyler Murray's new contract. The team has eliminated the mandatory independent study clause in Murray's extension, reported by Ian Rappaport. After seeing the distraction it created, we removed the addendum from the contract. So essentially, they are saying after he put the Cardinals on blast that he has a four-hour film study, the Cardinals decided that they're going to remove that because it has become a distraction. Four hours of film study. Only on only on game weeks, but it's a 17 game season. So four hours a day. It's bad. No, four hours per week. On top of what he already does. This has been bad all the way around since the beginning. I mean, I thought that's what Brady does. Everybody got to that level, right? Four hours. Four hours. One's Brady, one's Kyler Murray. Did you watch Man in the Arena? All he would do was watch film. Obviously, his athleticism wasn't what was taking him to those heights. I'm willing to bet that four, he spent more than four hours a day watching film. He needed Kyler Murray. He's talking about four hours. First of all, you you're a franchise. You only want your franchise quarterback watching four hours of film outside of the facility a week. A week. That's all he needs to do? Four hours? 
Okay, we're on the same page. There needs to be more, right? I, four hours is just a random number of hours where you think, yeah, that's plenty of hours to study film so we can get ready for a game this week. Hey, I've never been a professional athlete, but I could imagine that I'm going to spend more than four hours watching film on the other team, at least by myself. Yeah, I feel like I mean, most contracts, it's implied, but he's on that. <coughs> it looks like he was on the track. I don't even think it's implied because a lot of guys, I, don't, I won't say a lot of guys, because the quarterback position is completely different than the rest of the positions on the field on either side of the ball. But mm-hmm. for your quarterback to be, you know, for you to have to mandate your one, you got to mandate your quarterback to have to watch film on his own. And two, that random time frame, that minimal, I feel like it's just a minimal time frame of four hours. You can knock that out in one day. In four hours. And contractually not be obligated to watch any more film for the rest of the week. It's not, it's not that big. I, I, I just thought it was handled poorly all the way around because you, you release something like that. Now, how many people really dig through the fine print of contracts in over the last 20 years to find an addendum like that? Like, that's not something that you got to dig to find that type of information that was released as far as Kyler Murray's contract. So now you've done some digging on your con- on his contract, and you see he's got this weird clause. It's really weird, really. I, we'll call it weird clause for a guy who's already said he doesn't want to watch a lot of film and doesn't feel like he needs to watch a lot of film and doesn't want to watch a lot of film. You put this clause in there where you have to make him watch film and everybody wants to act like it's just it's it's been some sort of big mistake or they didn't know what they were doing or they didn't think it would get that much attention. I don't know how many other co- uh, contracts in the NFL quarterback position-wise have an addendum where their quarterback, their starting quarterback, franchise quarterback, because like Nick said, you just paid this guy almost a quarter of a billion dollars or you're going to give him a contract worth that much. How many guys in the NFL have contracts where they have to stipulate how much film they have to watch on their own time? I I don't think there's many. I mean, I know we talked about the the Jamarcus Russell clause, where I say you just give him the fake tape and see how much film he's watching. It's like, did you see the part in the middle where we put it, where we plugged in the scene of mirror and that TV falling on that gentleman, or did you just skim through the tape, right? Because you plug that in the middle of the screen, that's situational awareness. Okay. They can't do it. They can't get away with that anymore on the tablets. It's not like you're getting a tape and you got to put it in. That tablet's going. The tablet is going to track you to tell you when you log in, when you log out, what you looked at, all that kind of stuff. It'll track all that information. That's true. That's true. They do have tablets on the sideline, man. So, all right, so hopefully it all oh, works out. One thing hopefully I learned in the military: if you have to put it out there, it's because something has happened. Like, we got rules and regulations for everything. People be like, oh, that's stupid. Why would you do that? But it's happened before. So you're talking about, like, these million-dollar lawyers, these billion-dollar industries, these companies, these teams. Why did they have to put that in there? Because something clearly has happened. He won't watch it film. Yeah, it's no way people are that stupid. The Cardinals already came out and said they're not a fan of his work ethic. They're not a fan of his leadership. And not maybe, maybe not necessarily his work ethic as far as practice and lifting weights and throwing the ball, but it's more the preparation for a game than just working out. You know what I mean? Yeah, he probably doesn't. Yeah, he probably doesn't. He doesn't. He, lift, he lifts a little bit, but he don't lift all the time. What was that, what he, that exercise he don't have an idea always do? The arm stretch where they just go to a band and they're like, I'm in the weight room too. I'm like, 
<laughs> like the dance. <laughs> like, that's not the exercise. And then they get him a shake weight. Ah, ah. They're like, come on now. <laughs> Just keep your ligaments loose, right? Sheesh, man. Hey, but yeah. definitely, I, I mean, I, I hope it gets better for him. You know, I'm any, I'm pro-black everything, so I'm definitely rooting that he can get it together. We'll see how he does in this season. But before we get to a close, I want to make sure the worst, we have our – That's the worst part about it. You got to be mm-hmm. like, damn, I got I really want to see him be successful as a black quarterback. But if you out here messing it up and not doing what you're supposed to be doing, like, you got to get somebody in here that can do what they're supposed to do. Like, like, you don't have those questions with Lamar Jackson that you have with Kyler Murray. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Lamar well, Jackson needs more bubble guts from time to time. We, they got to stop, we, you know. We need more well, Lamar Jackson than Kyler Murray. Yeah, absolutely, dog. Well, no more Michael Vick? Hey, Michael Vick was a great player. Say what you want about him off the field, but he still remains one of the best, and he changed the game for black quarterbacks. I would even say, which we'll touch on on a different pod, is it was damn near towards what Steph Curry did for the game of basketball, what Michael Vick did for black quarterbacks. Okay. He had two $100 million contracts, so I'm with you on that. Exactly, exactly. Well, let's get into them closing statements with the gang. Everybody, I want to make sure that y'all talk to the people as always. Okay, we're going to start off with Leno. We'll go forward, then we'll move to Brick and Shock. Please, closing statements with the gang. What you want to tell the people? Man, y'all always start with me, and I really didn't have no closing. I really didn't have no closing worries this week. I blew my load talking about enjoy your youth and talking about Enjoy that time while you. It can be watch out for the TVs. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yes, you definitely want to watch out for the TVs. If you find you a shorty that will send your (laughs) hamburger back when it's got cheese on it, be a real one. I just you just gotta be mindful of the real ones you have in your life. Don't make stupid decisions. You know what I'm saying? And end up with somebody that you're not supposed to be with who won't send your hamburger back because it's got cheese on it. Find you a real one out there. All right, cheeseburger, Eddie. So, shop. What you want to tell the gang? Closing statements. <laughs> don't sweat the small stuff, man. That's what I'm gonna say. Don't sweat the small stuff or the big stuff. Don't sweat don't any. Don't sweat nothing. Got it, Rick. All right. Um. So, when you go to Vegas, make sure you go to Miracle Mile and Planet Hollywood. Ocean's one. That's a free little plug for them. And then you can go ahead and hit the tables. If you go to the tables during the day, they're a lot cheaper on the strip. Just giving y'all a heads up. Make that money. For sure, for sure. I'm with it. And then, let's see. What I would say is, you know, I was at the the, uh, the Braves game last night out here in Atlanta. Now, you know, just be cautious with, cautious with your food choices, right? They, they, flood, you, they flood you out. You got everything. You got the big pizza. You got the burgers. You got the foot-long corn dogs. Just, you know, make sure you got situational awareness with your food choices. That's what I'm leaving with, okay? But that is us. That is the pod. Once again, do-rags and stethoscopes. We are going to be signing off until next time. Love, peace, and chicken grease, people. We out. Peace. Well, I have turned the song of this beautiful land, but you are a rich man's world.